welcome to episode 136 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, Fitter After 40 alum Tina joins me to both share her incredible results, hello goal weight, and ask for direction on moving to maintenance and growing her glutes. Along the way, we talk about the role of both structure and flexibility in weight loss, as well as how to push yourself in your workouts if you sense you're holding back. Quick announcement, doors to Fitter After 40 will open again the last week of August to the waitlist. If you're on the waitlist, you will have access to special bonuses and a pretty sweet discount. So if you're not on the waitlist for Fitter After 40 yet, get on there. You can find that link both here in my show notes as well as in my Instagram bio. Let's go. Tina, hi. Hi. So glad we could chat today. Yeah, me too. It's great to to see you. I know. I know. It's fantastic to see you. So Tina, where are you calling from? Where do you live? So I'm in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, What's it like there right now? Very, very cold? Uh, Not so bad. We had a big uh, snowfall last night. So we've got some fresh snow out there, but I'm about... um, 15 minutes away from downtown Ottawa, which is being, um, we're having a very interesting dynamic happening there right now. Oh, right. The How- whole downtown core has been sealed off and the police are moving in to take care of some three weeks worth of uh, protesters that have been. How is that impacting your daily life? Is that impacting you? Um, not so much in that I'm, everything that I do is virtual, but getting across to the Ottawa is about 15 minutes away. So our Chelsea, Quebec is very interdependent, right? A lot of people here work there. Yeah. And so it's just been gridlocked roads are closed and. Wow. Any end in sight there? I think so. I think, I I think this is the beginning of the end. It's been a, a really fascinating, um, experience to you know Ottawa Canada you know we're pretty sleepy we're pretty (laughs) polite and calm and you know like not not a lot of excitement certainly the the national capital is is kind of this quiet government town you know Mm -hmm. um and then it's we've the last three weeks have been besieged with this uh really topsy-turvy kind of dynamic and really unsettling and yeah. Anyway, so that's, that's usually you guys are looking down at south at us and being like, y'all are crazy down there. And there's you guys are a mess. Get your act together. Look, finally something's happening in Canada. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it got a little messy. It got a little messy in Canada uh, this, this week. Yeah. Wow. So now born no, and raised in Canada. Is that where you're from? Yeah. 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 Okay. And so tell me a little bit more about you. What do you do? What do you like to do for fun? Um, so I'm a, a recent, uh, recently started my own business. Uh, so I've kind of started my second career doing uh, okay. leadership development, leadership consulting and coaching. Nice. So I've been very interested in uh, following along your coaching and your doing, doing the kind of the lifestyle and weight loss, fat loss and yeah. weight, you know, helping people to develop new habits and kind of stick with it and, and not get kind of pulled back into the usual way. So I, I have found that part of this program quite fascinating. I have benefited from your coaching, but I've also 
uh, like as a recipient, but I'm also like taking on little ideas, right? Yeah. About, about coaching. I'm the same way. Whenever I watch somebody coaching anything, I like to learn about coaching from the coach, whether the subject matter relates to what I do or not. It's sure. just really interesting to learn from other coaches. I agree. Sure. And what did you do before you had your own business? So I was in the federal public service. So I, was, I worked inside the government of Canada, uh, doing learning and development and that kind of thing. Um, and I was about five years away from my, you know, getting my full retirement package. And I just thought, you know, I don't know how, if I have five years left in me. My soul was just not, not, uh, not thriving. My eyes were not shining anymore. And I just thought I cannot, I don't think I can do this. So I, I decided to leave, um, and, and kind of, and I was, it was just before my 50th birthday. So that really had a lot to do with it. And when mm-hmm. I look back on kind of why, why then what, what propelled that decision. And it was really like, I want to turn 50 and feel like I'm not stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. So a lot that, of people are kind of scared at that point, still kind of like, yeah. wow, like it's kind of late for me to be doing this. So good yes. for you. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I, I wasn't without fear, but I'm, you know, two or three, two years later and I'm so happy. I did the best thing I, I, I could have done. And, and maybe I think, oh, maybe I could have done it earlier, but anyway, it, it, uh, it worked what do you out. I think like made you brave enough to do that because so many people aren't, what do you think it was? Well, you know, it lived in me for so long. It was this little whisper and then it got louder and louder. And I just thought I, so I, I had a, I had been, I have, was, I was building the runway for this decision for years. So it was not a spontaneous decision. And I think I just saw a glimmer. There was a very transaction, very operational reality kicked in where my husband had a little bit of a windfall in his business. Mm. <laughs> and that windfall was enough for me to say, okay, now I think we've got enough buffer in our system and our family system to be able to absorb me, you know, not, not bringing in an income, not, not being, not relying on my income. Got so it. It, very, it became a, just, it was an opportunity that I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. Fantastic. Going now. Yeah. That's exciting stuff. And then tell us, like, how, I know uh, we want to talk about a very specific question you had for me, but in uh, us having this conversation, I'm like, Hey, let's talk about this on the podcast. You said like, I really want to share like the things I've learned and the experience I've had. So you joined my program when? So it would have been in the September uh, aging strongly or what? No, it was meant fat loss for menopause. I think. Yeah. So the name of it used to be menopause weight loss course. And now yeah. it's the same course, but I've changed it to fitter after 40. So you joined me in September yeah. and tell me like, tell me what you did and what kind of results you've gotten. Well, I was really a little overwhelmed and I didn't know if it was, if, you know, I, I was, I was really grappling with just getting, losing that last five pounds. So I felt healthy. I felt like I was a fit person. Like I wasn't, it wasn't, I, I didn't think I was missing a lot, but, but I, what I realized was I was, I was actually missing a lot. I was, I was missing certain things that were these incredible levers that for me have made such a difference. And I really, so how I like to describe what I've learned from you is is just your the structure so the structure that you gave and the layering of this program for me just completely filled it filled a space I didn't even know 
was empty because I, I kept trying to get that fat lot, like, you know, lose those last five pounds, build that extra bit of muscle in, in my usual ways. And it, and they just weren't working. And so the structure of, you know, uh, tracking my food, tracking my, um, the fitness track, um, fitness pal, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right. Like tracking my food, huge game changer and not, and really accurately doing it, like measuring, mm -hmm. like the, the, the next level, like I bought a scale, right? Like I set myself up for, <laughs> like, I've got the app on my phone. I have a scale. I take the time to measure the food. I put like, I, and then I'll pour some back if it's, if it's over, right? Like I, I, I have, I've just slowed down the process. So that's just one example. I love the consistency calendar. I think that is just, it's given me a place, a repository to log all the pieces. And then I love all the pieces. I love the calories, the protein target, the steps. I went out and bought myself you know, a cheap, one. yeah, a, a cheap tra tracker. Cause I thought, oh yeah, I'm pretty, I'm really active. And then I did, I, you know, went out and actually, cause you were, you would say, you know, track, just take, don't try to hit a target, just track your baseline, your current mm -hmm. baseline. And when I actually did that, I realized I'm, I'm getting like 3000 steps a day. Like that's, oh yes. That was substantially under what you would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So all of this kind of or I'll call rigor that you, that you, that you stood for, that you stand for that these all, and it's not one, it's not just the step tracker. It's not just the calorie tracker. It's not just the consistency calendar, but I realized I really like structure. And, yeah. and then, and then as I started to do your program I was like, I'm going to stop apologizing for liking structure. I, I actually don't just like structure. I love structure and yeah, there's five with structure. I, and I need this structure. So that's you know, fantastic. Yeah. So for me, for the way my, and, and, and the other piece I'll say too, that may not work for everyone, but really works for me is automating my eating. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, I, I don't need a lot of diversity in my, in my food. I need diversity in other things in my life, but I, I can, I am very, comfortable with just kind of automating my breakfast and just having yeah. the same, you know, the same kind of, I don't need that variety. I don't need that variety 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can have it 20% of the time. Right. So if it means that I'm going to actually move forward on a goal and feel good about my body and feel good about myself, then that's a trade-off that I'm, it's not even a trade-off. It's just so, so I guess you've just opened the door to all of these very practical, doable uh, pieces that just taken together, I kept, I just was losing weight and feeling good and building strength. And that's fantastic. So, I'm yeah. super excited for you. And I know you messaged me and you're like, I've reached my goal and I'm ready to transition to maintenance, which congratulations on that. Yeah. That feels weird though. It feels like, am I, am I ready? You know? <laughs> yeah. What makes you question if you're ready? Well, it's, it's just, um, it, I think it's, I've been thinking about that because I think it is, it's been so rewarding to have, have all, to, to apply, put in place all of these rigor pieces mm -hmm. and kind of meet the challenge of, of change. I also kind of 
have a different relationship with the scale too. That mm -hmm. the weighing every day just takes the takes the sting out of it or takes the charge out of the scale. Yeah, yeah. And it makes it just so much more of an instrument, a data instrument, as opposed to a self uh, esteem, uh, you know, uh, measurement. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. So, so yeah, so I've, I think it's that I've enjoyed that challenge. Um, mm -hmm. and now the challenge is, is like to, to maintain the weight. Um, so do I, I it's like trusting myself loosening up on all the rigor, right? Like I've had all this mm -hmm. rigor and it's been, and maybe it's pandemic times and it's just, it's some, nice to have something you can actually, I can actually have control over and mm. influence. And not when, when a lot of things are going sideways, you know, I can track and I can get my workout uh, okay. in. And okay. So fill in the blanks for me here. If I loosen up on this structure, on this rigor of all the things I've been doing, I am worried blank will happen. Well, that those autopilot habits will come back, like the, mm. the, the pre Kim, the pre, the pre, the pre way I was. Will got it? Yeah. And what kind of habits were you following then that you're like, ooh, I don't want to see those again? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, <clears throat> probably. Um, well, pro it, it, it's. Uh, it's a lot, there was a lot more, um, freestyling, I'll call it like okay. just not really thinking about what I was going to eat and just eating, just, just kind of not planning, not no meal prepping, no kind of, um, yeah, that, that, yeah. I mean, I think, I think now I do have some, like my breakfasts and my, you know, I've, I really enjoy these protein shakes that I have. And, you know, those, those like I've, I've, I've established some solid, like, um, you know, go-tos. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have had some times over the last, you know, four or five months where I have been away, I've been on vacation or not at home, not, uh, you know, obviously not in my very, uh, stable environment where I've, I've kind of been, and, and I've, I've adapted and nothing like the weight has maintained, right. It hasn't, there hasn't been any major kind of, um, not, not a backlash, but like, uh, you know, the, like I haven't completely, uh, gone backwards. You've so had I, times without structure and you yes. have evidence that you didn't bounce back to those old habits immediately. Yes. Well said. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, here's the thing when people lose weight in ways that are really outside the norm of life, like things like I did Nutrisystem once and lost a whole bunch of weight. But the way that I lost weight was I would accept from the mailman, my giant box of food every month, right? And put the red boxes in the cupboard. And then I would just eat one of those for every meal. So when I was done and like ready to like go back to a way of living, that's not that type of rigor, it was going to be a completely different way of eating, right? Cause like, I'm not going to keep eating like that in maintenance. Like that's just not what you would do. The difference between something like that and what you've done is we're not going to change all that many things. The big difference between how you're eating now and how you'll eat in maintenance is one, we don't need you weighing 
everything. That's not a habit we need people to have for the rest of their life, but it is something you could check back in with. And it would be a good thing to check back in with from time to time to make sure that you're still now good at eyeballing. And you don't have to cut that cold turkey. That's the kind of thing you could start being like, you know what, I'm now only going to weigh like my fat sources because those are the ones that are most calorie dense. And I'm not going to weigh these other things. But every couple of months, you could be like, you know what, I'm going to weigh my chicken again to make sure that what I think is four ounces is still four ounces, make sure I'm still eyeballing correctly. And you could spend every couple of months, like spend a week weighing things again, just to check in with yourself. But do we want you weighing all your food for the rest of your life? No, like there's other things we want you to spend your energy on. Same thing with tracking calories. Over time, it'd be fantastic if you don't track your calories. You don't have to stop tracking calories now. And we're gonna talk more in a minute about your specific um, physique goals. But eventually at some point, we would want you to get to a point where you're not tracking most of the time. And we could make that transition um, by going from tracking seven days a week to tracking five or six days a week. And the way I typically guide um, members and clients through that is we would pick days that are really kind of set for you. So like, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you're not like going out to eat and you just eat your normal things. You're not changing the way you eat it necessarily, but you're not tracking it anymore. Mm. Right. And we would wait to do that likely until you're already in maintenance and you know, what does it feel like to eat these maintenance calories? Like what do I eat on a typical Tuesday to eat at maintenance, not at a deficit. Right. Mm. And then over time we go from tracking maintenance calories, seven days a week to tracking them six days to five days to four days. So eventually you're only tracking intermittently just to kind of check in with yourself. At the same time, you can notice how things are looking with your physique. If you're like, oh, I think, you know, the scale's tending up and my inches are moving up and I'm not liking the way I'm looking. Maybe it's a time to like, like hone back in on some of those things. And you'll be able to see that because we don't all of a sudden put on a ton of weight fast. Like it's not a, a fast thing and you'll be able to keep your pulse on that. Um, Wait, I, I was losing my train of thought. I was going somewhere with this and I don't want to lose what I was going to say. Over time, we'll get you to those, to those places where you're not tracking everything. But it doesn't mean that we want all of the good habits you've built to go away. Like we still want you eating protein at every meal and we still want you eating vegetables at most meal. And we still want you getting all those steps in. And we still want you strength training. Do you see how that's different? It's not like we've gone from lifestyle doing this program to a wildly different lifestyle after. We want the lifestyle to be really similar. What we want to change eventually when we get you to maintenance is we're not going to be tracking all of the things, but you can still be automating your meals. Like we still want you to eat most of your meals at home and not at restaurants. We still want you to eat 80-20. All the principles I've taught you you're going to carry those over. It's not like we have you go back to like, whatever, you know, like for me, yeah. going back to like eating cup of noodles and pop tarts all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and again, for me, it's been, the structure has been like, so reassuring. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it feels like, um, Oh, well, I don't want to stop. I mean, I don't, I need to stop. I don't need to keep losing weight. Like I, I don't, right. I, I don't need to keep being in a deficit, you know? Yeah. Then I'm thinking, well, what's, because I've lost more weight than I intended to uh, mm-hmm. just because it's like, okay, well, this is, this, this feels good. And I like this challenge, but uh, so how, how to keep the container? Cause I really like, I like the, the, the discipline of getting the steps in. I like being accountable to, to uh, that works for me, but I don't sounds weird. Like it sounds like, oh, but I want, I need to stop losing the weight, but I, yeah. So 
Yeah. What we're going to do is up your calories, keep everything else the same. And then we're going to target. I know your goal you said was to work on building your glutes and to work on your abs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk about here in just a minute, like how to up your calories to move into maintenance. But as far as building your glutes and working on your abs, abs is typically more fat loss for people over time. We're not going to do that for you right now because we don't want you to keep losing weight. You're going to keep doing ab work throughout the programs. Like we're going to keep you doing ab work. At some point later, you're going to need to decide people's abs. One, it's a matter of fat loss. Two, it's a matter of genetics. Some people see visible abs at lower body fats than others or at higher body, body fats than others. You might be a person who like you've gotten as low as the weight as you're comfortable being right now. We'll have you work on building some muscle. And eventually maybe you'll want to do another cut and see like, do you reveal more abs? You might get to the point where you're like, this isn't worth it for me to keep going back into a cut to see defined abs. Like I don't want to live that lifestyle. That might be genetically like where you're at, Yeah, but maybe not. And we can see. I like the idea of you working on building your glutes now because that can coincide really nicely with us moving you into maintenance. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, that's that's good. I mean, the other thing with my abs is I've had quite a bit of abdominal surgery. So mm-hmm. I think part of my abs piece is linked to, to just it, wanting them to not look how they look because, and that's impossible. Like there's a stuff that's happened. I can't get rid of the scarring and- mm. Um, but it's, I guess it's probably then just to tighten, just to get a little more tone, maybe not even more definition. It's just, okay. The toning would be, okay. would be probably if I kind of had to take a realistic, uh, re re-examination of that abs goal, it's, it's probably just a little bit more just tightening, not, not necessarily seeing full definition and getting yeah. that. Got it. Yeah. So, you know, we'll keep having you work on the ab exercises. I put ab exercises in every single program that you've done with me and I'm yeah. going to keep doing that. Um, and like I said, over time, you might decide like, all right, to see a little more tightening there, maybe I'll do a little fat loss phase. You might decide like, I like how they're looking with just this ab work. And I'm just like, this is good with me. Um, if we focused on building your glutes right now, um, actually this month, I'm literally this, this morning, I was working on this month's training program. We're in a glute focused month. So that's going to be fantastic for you. One of the other things I do plan on doing, um, in this month's edition, um, in the group, uh, I'm doing a chin-up specialization program. I'm going to, in a few months, I'm going to do a glute focused, maybe even next month, I'll do a glute focused program and you can run that for several months. Um, every month we do glutes, right? Like we, we don't ever say like, Oh, no glutes this month, but there are definitely ways that we can have you increase how much glute work you're doing. Um, you know, we could even have you add an extra one extra day where it's just extra glute work. And that's for sure something I could write and put in the group for you. Um, and your glutes are going to grow when we get you at least at maintenance. And we might even want to do a little surplus eventually. Let's get you comfortably to maintenance before we approach a surplus. It's never a great idea to go right from a deficit to a surplus. Uh, that might, this is not a great fit. Um, mm-hmm. Eating enough food and training with intensity with for your glutes is going to be the key there. So mm-hmm. doing things and, you know, I take care of this for you, but for everyone else listening on the podcast, things like hip thrusts, Bulgarian split squats, lunges, walking lunges, squats, um, all of those things are really key to building your glutes and doing those things with enough intensity. So with enough weight and with enough rest between sets. 
So I like to work your glutes in all of the rep ranges. We, we start with heavy, um, did I mention deadlifts by the way, deadlifts as well. Romanian deadlifts are fantastic there. Um, so working in a heavier rep range. So, you know, working in that five to six rep range. So really heavy weight doing things like hip thrusts, um, either landmine squats or barbell squats, however you want to do those. Um, and then going into that more moderate range that like eight to 10 rep range, um, doing, Again, we could do hip thrusts in that rep range, lunges, Bulgarian split squats in that rep range. We do all different variations of those, like one and a quarter reps and constant tension reps and reps with a pause. Um, and then also working in that higher rep range, doing similar exercises um, or also adding in a little bit, kind of the stuff you'll often see like on social media, they're doing like some band work um, or doing exercise, doing like sideline leg rises, leg raises. Like I do those kinds of things, but those are kind of like the sprinkles on the cupcake, right? That's not the meat of the glute training. That's like, we do some of that, that higher volume, higher rep work. So we'll do like sets of 15 or 20 of those extended range sideline leg raises or like um, banded lateral walks and those kinds of things. And we'll work on that too. Um, working really intensely as in when you see the reps on the page, performing those reps at that intensity, as in if it says do eight reps, we want rep eight to feel like I could not do rep 10, right? If you can still keep going to rep 10, 11, and 12, it's not heavy enough. It's time to pick up a heavier weight. How do you feel like you're doing in the gym, like judging the intensity of your workouts? Yeah, I, I could probably, I probably under uh, estimate hmm. the weight. So I probably am leaving, um, I have, I have more in the tank left over. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not, I haven't been, and I don't know why, cause I know, I know that I'm holding back. Um, yeah, it's a funny that that's where I, I, I could, I think I could increase my, um, intensity. Fantastic. That's a good thing to recognize. Yeah. Um, do you feel nervous about doing that? Well, I probably feel like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to failure. <laughs> like, I, I don't yeah. like how that feels. Right. Like, or I don't like how it feels to get to rep eight and be like, oh, I can't do rep nine. And then how do well, I do remember, it? I don't necessarily want you to go that far. It's very okay. rare that I actually program to failure. Occasionally we'll do things to failure. Typically it's going to be more things like, I don't know, like bicep curls or something like, I'm not going to have you with a, a barbell squat going to failure. We're getting you close to failure. We want you to be at that RPE like that RPE eight is what we've talked about a RPE eight or nine, where you still have at least one or two reps left in the tank. I don't want you to be failing. I want you to get close to it, to know like, all right, I'm, I'm supposed to do eight reps. I'm on rep eight and I could 100% with good form do rep nine. I likely could not do more than that. Maybe I could get 10, but I'm definitely not getting 11 or 12. So we want it to be that hard, but we don't need you failing. Okay. Okay. So one, one, away, one or two away from, from failing one or two away from failure. Like, so it feels really hard. Like you're not like carrying on a conversation with the lady next to you. Right. You're not like ticking yeah. through your grocery shopping list. Like you're focused. It's hard. Um, I have a friend who constantly Marco Polo's me. If you guys know what that is, it's a video texting app and she's doing her workout. She's like full blown conversation for five minutes. And the whole time I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you need to choose one of these things, either talk to me or focus on your workout because they're not both getting done very well right here. Yeah. So we really want you focused, but it does not necessarily, it is not going to involve you failing unless I say to failure, which how often have you seen that on a training plan for me? It's not very often. Um, very rarely do I have people go to failure on things. It's really mm-hmm. sprinkled in there um, very infrequently. Yeah. So it's funny that my mind goes there, right? You never said it, but I think I've interpreted it as, oh, that means I'm going to, you know, have to push myself. So that's interesting. (laughs) There's an, uh, there's a video in the group. I want to say it's in August, but you'll go to the resources and look for it. And it's a video I did all about RPE rate of perceived exertion. And I really talk through each of those and what it should feel like and what it should look like. So rewatch that. So you can really get a good idea. Um, it's what I just talked about here, but I want you to have that more in depth and want you to really think about it with each set um, so that you're not feeling freaked out like that. I have to go to failure or, you know, or I'm not doing it right. Yeah. 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 And there are certain, there are certain, um, exercises or circuits that I do that I feel like, oh yeah, I really, I really pushed, like I really brought it and it was really like, I, I have very little left. Uh Um, and then I, and then I'll do another set and I'll realize, oh, I'm not really right. So I, I know what it feels like. I I am not very disciplined at making it hard. Okay. It's good that you know what it feels like. Sometimes people don't even know what that feels like to work that hard. So you do. So what we need to do is looking to remember, be like, okay, this is what it feels like when it gets that hard for me. I'm going to make that for the set. What do you think it's in the way if is, was it the worry or was it not quite sure? Or do you think it's something else about doing that every single set? I think I like to hold back. I think I like, I think I like to not, I think I like to keep a reserve in case I need to, I don't know. I don't even, it makes no sense. Like maybe you're pacing yourself. Yeah. I'm pacing myself. Yeah. I think that's a really common thing people do. They want to make sure they can do the whole workout. Okay. I want you to pace yourself. I want you to take it a set at a time. And, and I want you to make sure you're taking your complete rest times. Like I know like you'll look at the training plan, I'm sure and be like two minutes rest. Like, yeah, that's what really what I mean. Like take the complete rest times, but when it's time to do a set, don't think about like, am I gonna still be able to do this weight next set? If you yes. can't do that weight next set, that's fine. You'll do another weight, okay? I want you to think every set, I mean, they bring the intensity I have for this set and next set, I'm gonna face next set. And whatever I can do for that set is what I can do. Pacing yourself is not gonna get you the same results as in, every set with intensity, take your rest and then see what you can do the next set and bring the intensity you have available for that set. Yeah, that's, that's a great, cause I feel like I kind of, I enjoy the strength training, but I also, I'm very aware that I'm also just trying to get it done. Yeah. Right? Get it done. And like there's a time crunch. Yeah. And, and so that interferes with what you just described, which is take it one set at a time and don't get ahead of it. Don't pace and don't mm-hmm. like, I, so I, I am, and I struggle with that. I struggle with how, how do I re how can I reframe the strength training uh, to, cause I know I, I deep down know I'm not actually getting the full value. I am down in the gym, spending my time in my home gym and I'm, and I, I'm kind of skimming it a little, like, mm. I know I'm not, I know I'm not I'm not fully showing up and I keep doing, I've been doing that over and over and over again. <laughs> well, imagine, look, and you've gotten great results. So imagine the results you're going to get when you're actually like pushing harder. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think it's going to take for you to be like, all right, I'm going to not just skim through this workout. Like I'm, I'm going to give every intensity I have for each set. What do you think it would take? Yeah. Say, I don't know. <laughs> With that? I said, and you're not allowed to say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me, tell me, Kim. <laughs> um, well, I do notice that when I, when I schedule my strength training earlier in the day, mm-hmm. I am more, I am more focused and I'm more, I have more energy and I feel I'm less like, let's just get this over with. I, okay, so I, I think for me, it is a timing, a timing thing. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. People are yeah. different with that. I too, like, I don't want to work. Like if I had to go work out after this podcast, it's almost five. I would not be as focused in my workout. Cause I'm tired. I'm tired today. Mm-hmm. I'm a solidly mid morning. Cause I work from home so I can do that. So I'm solidly like, I'd like to work out in the morning. So how realistic is it for you to schedule your workouts earlier in the day? Is that something you can make happen? Sometimes it is. And sometimes it isn't. So I, what I tend to do is look at my week and then try to uh, find the days that I have those morning openings and just mm-hmm. I schedule it. But then what right. sometimes happen is I'll, I'll, I'll move it. Like I, so this is, I guess, a question is if, if I have a choice between going for my walk and getting my steps in or getting my strength training in, cause both those things happen in a day. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when I'm, it's a strength training day and I've been doing the four day, I haven't tried the three days. So that that could be something I could try is, is, is doing the three-day workout instead of the four-day workout. That's a possibility. If you feel like that would be a better fit for you. Um, what I would say, right. It really depends when people ask that question, like, all right, if I, if one of these two things has to give, what should it be? It really is going to depend on where that person is at and what their goal is right Mm -hmm. now with you. Like we want to bring up to maintenance. You really want to work on building your glutes. What I'm going to say is let's not have you miss the strength training workout. Let's like, if we're going to have to pick, let's pick the strength training. Um, if your goal was fat loss, I'd say, you know, obviously we want you to get all these things in, but if you had to pick on a certain day, I'd say, let's not miss your steps for, for fat loss. Um, with the strength training, I would say the ones that are going to be most important for you to schedule earlier in the day so that you have the most energy are going to be your lower body days. Cause that's when we're going to be having you train glutes. So right. I would say when you look ahead at your calendar for the week, schedule your lower body days on those earlier mornings so that we can make sure you're pushing really hard then. Not that I'm saying, you know, you get a free pass for the ones that are later in the day, but do the best you can. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a flexible, I can work with that. Right. Cause okay. there's options. Yeah. Yeah. That, that gives me that flexibility. Amazing. <clears throat> um, yeah. And then another thing that I think would be useful is to get some feedback on your form for these things, you know, post in the group and show me like, okay. here's what my hip thrust, here's what my, here's what my my best set of my heavy hip thrusts are looking right like right now, like with my full intensity pop in the group and we can uh, talk it through. Okay. And that might help you to really focus and be like, I'm going all out here. Like, and when I say all out, I'm not talking failure. I'm talking to that, you know, eight or nine RPE um, and show me what you got. Yeah, that would, that would help the accountability. I, Cause I, when I first started lifting weights and we built the home, the basement gym, it was earlier in the pandemic and I was working with a, a vir- personal virtual trainer. And when he would, when he would watch me, I, the, my performance just increased and my weight bearing increased because, you know, like I like to, right? 
someone's looking and if yeah. no one's looking, I can cheat myself, but I wouldn't yes. cheat you. Right. I wouldn't, if you were watching, I would not, I would not like, I would respond to your expectations. So there, I, that is the piece that kind of, I feel like I'm, I'm like cheating myself. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, let's have less of that and uh, for sure post in the group and let me see those. Um, okay. Anything else about the strength training? Do you feel like you're in a good position with that part? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I guess it's just the, in terms of the scheduling and the form checks, but, and then, in, and what should I, uh, what additional glute exercises should I be doing or so, just increase the intensity and, and let's have you, you just know. work on increase the intensity right now. Like I said, the next volume, the next edition that comes out next week is a glute focused, um, edition. Okay. Do that one for six weeks, really work on, um, the, uh, intensity that we just talked about. Okay. Um, I think you're going to see some good results there. Um, and I'll continue programming glutes every month, but pretty soon I'll have, um, I'm going to do a glute focused, uh, specialization program. We'll have you run that. Um, it will likely be two phases and you can run each phase for six weeks. Um, you'll see some really good results that way. But like I said, there's always glutes in my programming every single time, you know, we have variations of hip thrusts and deadlifts and lunges and squats and, and all of the things that are good for your glutes. Yeah. I find the, um, having the cue. So I've been doing the lunging, uh, this, the goblet squat lunge to the, Mm -hmm. I think that's the right one the gobble are you talking about lateral lunges the way you move your body I'm thinking of lateral lunges yeah (laughs) I was doing those and then I think I watched one of your face uh Facebook videos uh, calls and um I realized I was not getting low enough so Mm -hmm. I've put my you know I put the exercise ball so that I actually touch my butt cheek to that that's really good and that's changed the intensity has completely gone up and it's a completely different workout. So I realize sometimes these, the, for for me anyway, with the squats, having a having a physical cue, yes, that my butt has to touch something. <laughs> that physical feedback can be really helpful. Uh, so you make sure lot. that you're getting as deep as you think you are. Yeah, yeah. So that is a great hack for anybody who you know who's having. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah, fantastic. a really good one. Yeah. And that goes for any type of squat variation. If you're not sure in your depth, whether you're doing this, she's talking about a lateral lunge here, but when you're doing a goblet squat or any kind of squat uh, variation, you want to make sure that you're tapping your butt down far enough. And so placing an object below you, whether it's a stack of books or a ball or a box, whatever it is, so that you're getting down so that you are um, in a squat, we want you to be either at parallel or just breaking parallel, uh, for sure. We went you down that low. So many people think they're getting low until they watch themselves on video. And then they're like, that's not what I thought I was doing. Yeah. No, there's so much about all of this with you. That is perception. I think I'm getting lots of steps. So I think that's what eight ounces, you know, eyeballing eight ounces and it's like, wow, that's actually 16 ounces or, you know, 10 ounces and it it makes a difference. So it's all it's really the, it's very, the, it's very, um, it's refining, right? Mm-hmm. Like just refining our perception of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's super important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next step is talking about how to move you to maintenance. Then I'm um, mm-hmm. getting more food on board is really going to help grow your glutes. Um, and it's definitely the next step. Cause we know you've already lost a little more weight than you had anticipated. Um, what calories are you eating currently? So I'm between 1500 and 1600, I'd say. 
and you're doing straight, you're doing a straight deficit. So seven days a week, it's the same. It's not okay. Got it. All right. So what I would say, um, we have a couple of options when we go to maintenance, there's the option of going, um, slower. So we could bring you up. So we could say, um, move you up a hundred calories a couple of days a week. So we could go, um, 15, 50, like we could go, we could go 16 to 1700 calories three days a week and 15 to 16 the rest of the week and do that for a couple of weeks and then move you up to 16 to 1700 all the days of the week. Okay. And just keep adding in like that. Or if you're feeling like, no, I'm really ready. I do that more for people who feel really hesitant about seeing like a jump in the scale. So like we just kind of ease you into it. Um, another option is we go up a little bit more and then move a little slower from there. So we could move you up, like say, hang on, math in my head is hard. Um, like we could go up to 1800 and have your calorie range be, um, you know, 18 to 1850 or 18 to 1900 seven days a week and stay there for a couple of weeks and see how you're doing. And what we're looking for to make sure we're, and likely that won't be the only jump we make, then we'll make smaller jumps. What we're looking for is the trend line of your weight to eventually go straight across, right? Mm -hmm. So right now the trend line is going down, even though the individual weigh-ins are up and down. Over time, we wanna see that trend line go from that arrow from the top left to the bottom right till it's completely horizontal. And when that trend line, not her individual weight, everyone listening, she's not gonna get to one weight and just hold it there. It's not gonna be like every day, it's 145, 145, 145. That's not how it works. But we want to see the overall trend flat line. Mm -hmm. um, so which of those feels like a better fit for you? Moving in a smaller jump first or moving yeah. in a bigger jump first? I think a smaller jump. A smaller jump, okay. So yeah. for the next two weeks, let's have you then move up to 16 to 1700 calories, three days per week. You can pick any three days you want. Okay. Keep noticing um, how your clothes are fitting. Notice what's happening with the scale. You know, just kind of pay attention to those things. Keep some good data there. Um, circumference measurements, still important, particularly around your, your waistline to help us with maintenance. Kind of keep an eye on those things. After two weeks there, we're going to move up all the rest of the days. Okay. So that all seven of your days are 16 to 1700 calories. Mm -hmm. then after a couple of weeks there, we're going to pick three days again, and we're going to go 18 to 19 for three days. After a couple of weeks there, we'll move all the days to 18 to 19. And we're just going to keep moving up like that until you see that the, the line start to flatline. You're, you might be there by 18 to 19. You might get to go to 2000. You might go to 2100. Like, I can't tell you where you're going to get. It's going to depend on all kinds of factors, but we'll keep touch base in the group to see how you're going with that, um, okay. where we're going to end up. I'm really excited about this for you. How do you feel? Yeah, no, it feels, it feels like a, again, nice structured kind of steps, right? Yes. You like structure. Yes. Yeah. And then as far as all the other things, leave them the same. Like you can still eat the same types of food, like with these extra calories, you know, we're talking adding on hundred calories. That's like a banana. Yeah. Right. That's not like adding a cake in every day. Right. It's not that much extra food at first. And even when you get to maintenance, people think it's like some gluttonous amount. It just provides like, you know, more food, more variety. You can have extra amounts of cheese on your salad or, you know, like have room for a Reese cup every night instead of occasionally or those kinds of things. It's not going to be drastically different. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Anything else I can help you with here today? Before no, this has been really, uh, this has been great. This is, feels really, um, yeah, like you've answered all my questions and I feel, I feel pretty um, set, like clear on, on next steps. So yeah, feels Fantastic, good. Fantastic, Tina. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, keep me posted in the group and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Kim. Thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you.